Christian life is one that is not easy to live. It's a constant battle between the old nature and the new nature. It's a constant war between the flesh and the spirit. It's one where there are times that the Christian comes up short of what they know they should do and should not do. And for those that are unsaved or those that don't live the Christian life, you're simply on the outside looking in. Ultimately, the war for the Christian has already been won, but from time to time we lose battles that we know we should not lose and have the power to overcome. This life that we try to live, where we try to deny ourselves and follow Christ's dictates and mandates, is not always easy to do. Join us as we start this multi-part series on the Christian life. We are live. Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good to be back at the table again for another episode of For Such a Time as This. As always, I'm my co-host with me, Brother Sam Miller, Reverend John Mason. I am Reverend G. Lewis Tillman, and we are the ministry of For Such a Time as This. The time is now. Um, on Tuesday night, we were trying to get on and we were having some serious technical issues on Tuesday night. And so we just decided that we would step back and regroup and show up on tonight. And so on tonight, we want to come to you all with another word from for such a time as this. And as always, before we get started, we're going to ask Reverend Mason if he would lead us in prayer, and then we'll jump into this word on tonight. Amen. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus, as humble as we know how. Yes, Lord. Uh, first of all, giving you thanks, Lord, for another day that you allowed us to see, Lord. It wasn't a day that was promised to us, wasn't guaranteed, and we certainly didn't do anything to earn it. But we thank you, Father, because you decided to wake us up this morning, and uh, and it's not our appointment time, Father. So we we are very gracious for that, Father, and we we just thank you for just being able to see another day, Father. We ask tonight that you would just enlighten us tonight. You know, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, and Father, let us be able to uh, deliver your word in a way to where somebody might be saved tonight father that that is our ultimate goal for someone to come and receive christ as their lord and savior and not only that lord but somebody may need this word tonight in order to grow spiritually father for uh as the bible says as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word in order to grow thereby so father we ask tonight that somebody would be able to get something from the lesson tonight that would help them to be that much more victorious in this Christian journey. We thank you for it right now. I ask that you would just uh, lead us and guide us into all truth. Father, we know that your spirit would do that for us. And so I uh, ask that you illuminate us, cause us to see and understand your truth tonight. Father, just help us to give them what you have given us. We thank you for it right now. We ask these things in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen again. Amen. Again, we are happy to be back on tonight with another episode of For Such a Time as This. Um, tonight, we want to talk about the Christian life. I want to have a, 
as the word says, a candid conversation about the Christian life. Um, what is a Christian? What 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 is a Christian? Well, Sam, what's a Christian? Christian is someone who loves God, respects God, has that understanding of God, you know, God is all. It's a Christian, someone abides by those kind of like rules and regulations, the commandments. Mason? Yes, sir. What is a Christian? Well, we've always defined Christian as being someone who is Christ-like, mm. who uh, basically is an imitator of Christ. Uh, uh, and, you know, in order to get that way, a uh, person must first of all accept Christ. And then as the disciples did, they modeled the life of Christ to where when uh, people saw them. Uh, they saw them as looking like Christ or being imitators of Christ. So uh, I think the best definition to give of Christians is one who has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then they do their very best by the help of the Holy Spirit to live or model that Christ likeness. Uh, so when people do look at you, uh, they can see the um, basically a carbon copy of Jesus Christ. All right. Um, Christian, you know me, I like to mess with words. Mm -hmm. Christian is a combination of the word Christ and the suffix eon, I-A-N. Um, a Christian is one. Well, let me let me finish with the breakdown of the word. Christ plus I A N. So, the suffix I A N means of, from, or to belong to. Of, from, or to belong to. So, when we look at the etymology of the word Christian, it says that a Christian is someone that is of Christ, from Christ, or belongs to Christ. A Christian is a person, as both of you all have said, is a person who has asked Christ to come into their life. And the scripture we're going to use tonight is Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So a Christian is someone who has decided basically to follow Jesus. A Christian is one who now no longer wants to live the old life that they used to live, but now they choose to live a different life. A Christian is one that has decided to follow Jesus. And Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him first deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. So a Christian is one who understands that now there's a new life to be lived. My old pastor, Pastor Ricky Patton of the Holy United Church in uh, Oklahoma City, he said a Christian can be, be defined or in two words, be different. 
and that is to be different from the world. So a Christian has decided that they no longer want to live the old life that they used to live, but they now want to live life anew for Jesus Christ. A Christian is one who says, as Jesus said, I have to deny myself. I have to give up what Tillman wants and follow the dictates and mandates, which is the word of Jesus Christ. A Christian is Christ-like. A Christian is supposed to be loving. A Christian is supposed to be humble. A Christian, don't look at me like that. <laughs> a Christian is supposed to be kind, compassionate, considerate, giving, helpful, peaceful, and all the other adjectives with good quality that I could add in there. Now, the problem is, is that non-Christians don't always see Christians being Christian. Mm -hmm. You know you didn't heard it. You didn't heard it, too. I thought you was a Christian. Go ahead, Mason. I, I see it. I see it <laughs> tricky with you. <laughs> One of, the, one of the things that I would ask uh, a person who would say that, uh, I thought you're supposed to be a Christian, is if do they know the real definition of a Christian? Uh, because that would be the question there. Uh, if, if you're going to say that you thought I'm supposed to be something, well, what is that something that I'm supposed to be according to you? Because uh, one, of the, one of the things we have to understand is that uh, being a Christian is not something that happens overnight if we're looking at the part where uh, it comes down to uh, displaying uh, what people's expectations are. If we're going to meet people's expectations, you know, from from what their so-called definition is of being a Christian, uh, if they want us to be exactly like Christ, well, that's going to be a work in progress. That's going to be many years of of, of Christ uh, uh, using sanctification on us to basically get us to where he wants us to be. I, I think I mentioned a while back that uh, I had a friend of mine who had a T-shirt that said, uh, uh, Christian under construction. And he wore it around and he made a lot of us at the church that T-shirt uh, because he wanted people to see, yes, I am a Christian, but I'm a Christian that's under construction, meaning that there's, that God is still working on me and I'm allowing him to work on me because uh, you always hear people and I don't know exactly how that cliche goes is that people always say, well, I thank the Lord that I'm not what I used to be or, you know, but uh, I, I know, you know, what I am now, you know, so to speak. And, and that's true. If God has really been working on you and, and, and this is the thing. God is always trying to work on us because the Bible says he's doing what? He's conforming us into the image of Christ. All right. That's what he wants to do with us. Now, how we cooperate with him while he's doing that. That's going to be the difference right there. See, some of us choose to go over the mountain when we could go down the, the road with, with no, no bumps and hills in. Because he has designed a certain way or a certain route that he wants us to go. But because of our stubbornness sometimes and our disobedience and our hard-headedness, a lot of times he has to take us through the rough trail sometimes rather than a trail that would be a little bit more easier for us. You know, because sometimes that's what it takes for some of us. Depends on how, uh, how our growth process is. 
And God knows exactly what to use on each one of us in order to get us where he wants us to be. So when, when I look at the Christian person, I will always look at the Christian person as being under construction, you know, because as, as Paul said, we haven't arrived yet. You know, we have a long way to go. And 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 God is going to uh, use whatever he has to use in order to get us to where he wants us to be. And whatever that may be, I don't have a clue. I just know that we should accept whatever he has for us because he always, always have our best interests at heart. We don't know it, but he always have our best interests at heart. I agree. And the biggest thing there also, as you hit hit around so many times there, he was hitting that ball. When you get into this word as it's, it's, it's a Christian, man, I read my Bible, read my Bible, you know, I read my Bible daily. You know, I'm always reading my Bible, but it's not about reading that Bible. It is. But also it's also applying what you read in that Bible mm -hmm. to your life. So when you apply the application of the word to your life, right. they won't have to question if you're a Christian or not, because now it's applied to the word and God's word is going to come and show exactly who he is because you're applying that word. Right. You can be a Christian, just newborn Christian, or, or, or what do you call a, a veteran Christian, or a warrior, prayer warrior Christian. But if you're not applying that word, you're into it, but you're not applying it to it, you still gonna get beat up. It don't matter if you're new or old. If you're not applying that word, it's not gonna do anything for you. It's true. You can read it all day long. It's true. But what is it gonna manifest into if you're not applying it to your life? To every there is nothing in there. I think. And we discussed this that I might be getting off track here, but um, you can bring us back in a minute. When you say, when you say, how do I know that that there is a God, or how do I know this word is this word right here is, is what it is? I tell you what, there is nothing you can't go into that word and do and apply it that it won't become true. So now the application of it is true. So that's why his word is true because everything in that I've done that he said to do. As came to be true in fruition and everything, I done. that's how I know. Right. There's no other. You, you don't have to explain anything. That's how I know. Well, you use it. Try it, like you always say. Try it. Yeah. Apply it a little bit and see what happens. Lord, I thank you. That's true. You hear it every time. The yeah. shouting, but when the when the beating comes, Lord, why you do it? To me? But you just apply. That's the, you. you <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it, but, but go ahead. I'm not even going to say it, but you can't be a true, you can't be a, you can't be a sometime Christian. It's, this is not a sometime thing, man. This is, it's not easy. Yeah. You're going to get the bumps and the bruises and beat up. If you're a true Christian and you say you love God, but you ain't going through anything, mm -hmm. we always say, you got to check yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Something's not right. Yeah. Something's yeah, not right. Something's not right. Let's be true for a moment. Um, there are a lot of people always watching Christians. Always. Yes. See how we're going to behave in certain circumstances. See what we're going to say in certain circumstances. And when I say watching us, I don't just mean the preacher. This poem is running through my head that says we write the gospel a chapter a day. Mm -hmm. In deeds we do and in words we say. People are watching whether faithless or true. So what is the gospel according to you? And when folks see us behave not like a Christian, first thing they want to say is, I thought you was a Christian. Again, Mason, well, for those folks that think like that, tell me what your definition of a Christian is. Right. Let me know what a Christian is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so they call us hypocrites. And what I tend to look at is, if you're calling me a hypocrite for not doing what I say I believe, which is the word of God, 
to me, you're a bigger hypocrite than what you're calling me. Now, let me justify what I'm saying. Because you see, you're saying to me that what I say I'm supposed to be doing is correct and is right. And you're getting on me because in your eyes, I'm not doing it. So in essence, you believe the thing that I'm supposed to be doing is right. Mm -hmm. So here's my question. Why aren't you doing what you're telling me I'm supposed to be doing because you believe the thing that I'm supposed to be doing is right, but you don't do the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. And so you calling me a hypocrite. You're a bigger hypocrite than I am. Mm -hmm. that, that makes you a bigger hypocrite than me. But here's the thing that people don't understand about the Christian life. Paul said, I die daily. It's a daily fight. Mm -hmm. It's a daily struggle. As a Christian, yes, there are certain things we are supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And some of what I'm about to say, I have to be careful with it because people can take it and use it as an excuse. You will never do everything right on this side. Right. You will never cross every T. You will never dot every I. Because John, 1 John 2 and 1 says this right here. My little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. But if you sin, or rather since you're going to sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And Jesus, even right now, is sitting on the right hand of God, making intersection for us. We're not going to, now this is not, an, I'm, I'm, I want to say this, this is not an excuse to sin. Right. <laughs> I, I want to put that out there. This is not an excuse to sin. Mm -hmm. As Christians, and this is my colloquial saying, we were not, we are not sinless, but we are the sinless. Well, God knows my heart. No, 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 don't, don't do that. Look, don't do that. I, I, I hear it. That's the number one on the, on the study poll <laughs> that I've, I've seen, I've heard. Heard it today. I heard it yesterday. I heard it all week, actually. Once a day, if not twice. God knows my heart, though. He knows my heart. All right. Okay, so let me read you what Jeremiah 17 and 9 says. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Bible says that out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. Folks that want to use that, God knows my heart. That that's that, that that's just a to me that's a that's an excuse to sin. I, I, I know what I was saying. It being facetious. What that what it is is not not knowing, untold. And unlearned is what it is, but use it very, very in a way to say, okay, you know, this is they use it as being a foundation and truthfully, and they and they mean it in that way. He knows my heart. He already knows that I have this weakness here. He knows I'm going to do it anyway. That 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 understanding, I I I don't think I'll ever get because. And, and it's hard to uh, have that conversation with somebody that has that belief that is rooted in them because that's what they believe. Even though I've done this or I'm seeking, I'm fighting to do this, but I do it anyway. He knows my heart. He forgives me for it. Mason, go ahead on. Because that, that's one thing that I have somebody used to say, burns my crop. <laughs> <laughs> or what, however they used to say that. 
I hate to hear people use that. Yeah. Of course, God knows my heart. I'm sorry, Mason. Go ahead. I, I uh, you good? You good? If you if you want to finish your statement, go ahead. Of course, He knows my heart. He made me. Psalm one thirty nine said, "He knows me. He knows my thoughts before I think them." So yes, He knows your heart. But here's the thing. And these are people, a lot of times these are people who are Christians who say this. Well, the Lord know my heart. Okay. He knows your heart. But he knows also that we have in us the power that raised Jesus from the dead. He knows we have that power. He knows that there's nothing too hard for him to do through us. He knows that if we call on him in a time of need or in a time when we got to make a decision as to whether to do the right thing or the wrong thing, he'll give us the power to do the right thing. But some folks just know they use that as an excuse to do what they want to do. Exactly. They use it as an excuse to satisfy and gratify the flesh. That's that's all it is. Because either we, as Christians, we gratify the flesh or we please the spirit. Mm-hmm. And when folk rapping around here talking about where the Lord know my heart, man, come on with that. <laughs> come on, man. You know, the, the, the sad thing about about that heart situation, the Lord knows my heart, is that when Jeremiah says that the uh, the heart is deceitful above all things, and the, the point that's, that, that's really important is the part when he says, and desperately wicked. What he's actually saying there is that the heart is incurably sick. He's saying that your heart is sick. And he says there's no cure for the heart that can come from man. There's nothing man can do to cure a human heart of of this type of sickness here. And the reason why you know he's talking about there's no man that could cure this type of sickness of the heart is because when you keep reading it, He asks the question, he says, who can know it? But the Bible tells us only God searches the heart. Only God knows what's in the heart of man. And there's no cure for that except for the cure that God uses. And the cure that God uses for the human heart is that he has to change the heart. Can you say one? What did David say? Creating me. Creating me. A clean heart. True. Now, generally, you catch immature Christians saying this. Right. You check, or, or let's not say immature, let's call them carnal Christians, as Paul said. That carnal Christians are the ones that are constantly using that phrase, the Lord know my heart. Yes, again, he does. He knows us inside and out. But when we allow the flesh to have its way. And when we're not doing, generally, when somebody's not doing what they need to be doing, mm-hmm. why you ain't go to church? Well, the Lord know my heart. You go into the program, the Lord know my, they, that, that's just, that's what they know right there, boy. That's their go-to. But you know, they, they don't even realize at the time that they're actually saying that that they're saying exactly what Jeremiah said they're supposed to say. See, they don't even realize that at that time, according to Jeremiah, they're being crooked when they're saying that. They're being deceitful when they're saying that. Even if they, oh, see, they're trying to excuse uh, their, their reason for not doing what God has called them to do or where they thought they were supposed to be. If they say, well, okay, I, I would have been at church, but, you know, Lord knows my heart, or I would have did this and did that, but the Lord knows my heart. Jeremiah says that when you lying, 
like that because that's what they do. They just lie. Make it up an excuse. Well, he knows my heart. Why does he know your heart? He knows you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Why? Would he ever tell you real reason? See, it's like a lot of times, and I found this out with, with us as Christians, and we're real Christians. We, we know the Lord. Right. I can meet somebody in Walmart that's a uh, born-again Christian, have given their life to the Lord, and as soon as you ask them how they're doing, first thing they say, oh, I'm blessed. I'm highly favored, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And, you know, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, and they might even speak in tongues a little bit while they're talking to you, you know, just try to get their point across that much more, you know. And, you know, and I'm like, I'm listening to them say all this. Yeah, well, I know, I already know God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. I also know that, you know, God bless me all the time, but I ain't never said that I'm too blessed to be stressed. I ain't never tell that lie. But, you know, uh, when, I, when I hear all of that, I listen to them. And then the, my next question is, okay, well, I agree with you on all of that. But tell me how you're doing for real. How you really doing? First thing, well, you know, to be honest with you, Reb, you know, things ain't so good. You know, I lost my job. You know, last week they started downsizing, cutting back, you know, and I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. You know, I'm, I'm out here trying to find a job, but I just haven't found anything yet. You know, and then my daughter came to me the other day, and next thing she was telling us that she's pregnant now, and it's by some guy that I don't approve of, you know, he's, he's no good. He won't work anywhere, you know, and, and my son, you know, he just got uh, locked up for drugs, you know, see, they start telling you the real truth. See, that's what I want to hear. When I, when I tell you, ask you how you doing, you know, I don't want to hear all that. Uh, well, God is good. All, I don't really know that he's good all the time, but that's not, that's not the question I asked you. Question I asked you was how was you doing? And see, so when they come out or they, they come clean and tell you exactly how they're doing, a lot of times we won't do that because we're ashamed of what you're going to say or your expectations of them is not there. They're not living to your expectations. You're like, oh, you're a born-again child of God. You know, you don't supposed to be having it hard like that. You don't supposed to be going through hard times like this, you know. God is good all the time, you know, and he's always going to bless you. You're never going to have to go without, you know. So they give this unrealistic expectations of themselves, and they think we're supposed to have the same type of view of them all the time. So when they see us and they know that things are not going like they always portrayed them to go, then they don't want us to think, you know, sort of, uh, bad about them. you know that they are this person that they've always portrayed to be but all you have to do is just be real I tell you in a heartbeat man, everything ain't going well with me if it ain't going that's true but that's a learned thing though I mean it's a taught thing I mean it just didn't happen just out of them I mean you have to right Lord forgive me if you sometimes when you sit up under um counsel of certain pastors. I'm just going to put it out there that that's how they're, they're taught that way. Right. We're not supposed to um, display those type of things because we're Christians. We're yeah. not supposed to because we're God-fearing Christians and and that's just it. It's kind of like how you, how you have to put up that facade because we're walking in this church and this church is just the greatest place or whatever, but when you come into the church, and this is what just gripes me sometimes too. Church is, is a place for the sick and afflicted. That, that, that's exactly what it's for. It's true. When you come in there, everything is great. When you come in there praising her, it's not a worry and a care in the world. No. But that's how they're supposed to, that's how they're taught to come in there because we don't come in here any kind of way. We come in here to praise to God from the time we enter this door to the, time of the whole service or whatever. We leave out here, we praise them, but at the same time, we're still sick. Yeah. Not getting it. So it's a learned thing. It's a taught thing. It's, it's, it's put in their mind. So now it's stuck there all the time mm -hmm. until you hit that one question. Yeah. How are you really doing? 
Exactly. It can come down. Maybe it can come down because yes. Chris is going to ride it to the end. Oh yeah, exactly. If they sitting, they got their car sitting oh, yeah. empty, but they step into the mall, got a three piece suit on and shoes shining, they walking straight up because they got it all going on. Exactly. All alone, man. I'm hurting so bad right now, but I have to keep this up because I'm a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. I got. I got to let people know that uh, no matter what's going on. Uh, I'm still on top, you know. But my Bible says that all, not some, all that live godly in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution. He also said that in this world, you're have tribulations. You know, he told us to be a good cheer for I've overcome the world. Yeah, but he's letting us know you're going to be in the world, and the things that are in the world are going to affect you. Even though you're a Christian, even though you belong to me, even though you're part of the body of Christ, you know, you're not going to be exempt. You know, people kind of act like, you know, well, I ain't going to worry about it. You know, gas goes up to $7 a gallon. You know, I'm going to be all right. So they thinking, okay, well, I'm a Christian. So if gas is $7 a gallon, when I pull up to the bank, or pull, you know, it ain't going to be $7 for me. You know, it's going to be 4 you know. I'm like, no, that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to trust God. It ain't going to be seven dollars. It ain't going to be four dollars for you to pay for everybody else. Now you going to have to pay seven dollars like everybody else. <laughs> but but let, let, let's look at the Christian who being a Christian is about adjusting. You've got to adjust from your your ways to God's ways now. Exactly. And it's not always easy. No, sir. It's not easy to give up what you were good at. And mm. now you got to constantly say no. Because our life before Christ was have your way. Burger King. That's just what I was thinking. <laughs> Burger King. They say, you know, have it your way. Hold a pickle, hold a lettuce, especially hold up sinners. All we let ask is that you let us serve it your way. And that's what the devil would do, is he would let us have it our way. But God. But there's a way. Yeah. But God says, that's not the way. Right. When did he say that? John 14 and 6. I am the way, <laughs> the truth, and the life. Proverbs 16, 25. And again, I think it's 14, 12. So there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. But the ways thereof, the ends thereof are the ways of death. So as a child of God, I have to adjust to what God says now. I can't do the stuff I used to do. Can't go to places I used to go. Can't hang out in places that don't please God. And there's this big debate and I'm going to tell you I'm just being truthful. The lottery has at what $1.3 billion. I ain't going to tell you no story. I thought about going to get me a couple of tickets. <laughs> but I can't do it. I can't do it because that's not who I am. I can't do it because of the perception that it would put out there. There are other preachers that do it. There are other saints that do it. That's them. But me personally, I can't do it. As a Christian, we don't get tempted. Being tempted is not a sin. When you yield to temptation, that's where the sin comes right. in. A Christian is a person that's ever learning. You're always learning. Mm -hmm. But do Christians make the same mistakes over and over? Yeah, Christians make the same bad decisions over and over. True. They do. We do. People think that because we are Christian, we're going to.
to get everything right all the time. That's not going to happen. It's just not. It's see the thing is salvation happens in an instant. Mm -hmm. Then there's this lifelong process that as long as we're here on this earth, there's the process of sanctification. Right. That's the process of the pulling off and the putting on. Pulling off of yourself. Pulling off Greg's ways, Greg's desires, Greg's thoughts. Sam's ways, John's ways, John's thoughts, Sam's thoughts, and taking on the mindset and the mind of Christ. It's not easy for somebody to walk up to you and cuss you out, and you got to have a good word to say to them. It's true. But that's the Christian thing to do. See, the world, they can go back how we want to, and while that person is cussing us out, the devil is like, you going to let them do that to you? But the Spirit of God said, mm -mm, don't go there. Because you just be putting fire on a gas, I mean, gas on a fire that's already blue. The Christian life is about being different from the world. It's about adjusting to the way God wants things done. It's about... You saying it's not about me, but it's about you, God. Even if I look bad, I'm going to make you look good. Even if they try to destroy me or hurt me, I'm going to still glorify you. And that is not always easy. No, Being a Christian should be the easiest thing in the world to do when you look at why we are Christians. The reason we're a Christian is because of the redemptive work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. When we look at everything that he did for us, how he took what he took, did what he did, and still does what he does, when we put all that in perspective, it should be easy to be a Christian. Here's the problem with being a Christian. Two problems. We wrapped up in this stuff called flesh. True. And God made us free moral agents. We can still decide to say, I know what you said, God, but I'm going to get them this time. <laughs> and that's what we do sometimes. Sometimes we step out of the will of God. Sometimes we step out of what God would have us to do. Sometimes and the word says in what First Corinthians 10, 13, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man, but God will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able to bear, but we'll with the temptation also make a way to escape. He always gives us a way out. Mm -hmm. But here's the problem. We'll always take the way out. We'll always walk through that door that the Spirit opens up for us. <clears throat> And I like to call the Holy Spirit that policeman on the inside. Yeah. He'll sound an alarm before you do wrong. Okay. And while you're doing it, and after you do it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get finished, you be like, I shouldn't have done that. that. <laughs> you know, I, I think that for the, the unlearned, uh, people that normally say I thought you were a Christian and, and sometimes you get that uh, same uh, uh, statement from Christians and, and I think it comes from a point of ignorance uh, and, and as, I, as I've often said when it comes down to ignorance ignorant is not a bad thing it just means that you haven't been taught so if you haven't been taught, then the other alternative that you have is to be ignorant of what you haven't been taught. And so a lot of them don't understand. We, we, we have this problem with personal sin over in Romans. You know, Romans uh, chapter 3 and verse 20, 23. He, he talks about this, this personal sin that every Christian has, you know. 
And he talks about two of them, actually. And, and one of them is the sin of uh, commission. The sin of commission, if we, if we say it like that. It's the sin of commission. It's, it's doing something that is prohibited. Okay? And we know better. But we do it anyway, like, like you just said. Uh, and, and when you look at the sin of commission, it's doing something that is prohibited. It's like, oh, well, God, I know you don't want me to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know? Okay? So we're rebellious against doing things that God has told us uh, specifically not to do. And then when it comes down to the uh, sin of omission, it's the failing of doing what is required of us. So it's like, Lord, I know what I'm supposed to do. You know, I know what you require of me. I actually know it. But why I don't do it anyway? And I used to ask this question when I used to teach Bible study uh, at the church that I, I was raised in. Uh, I asked this question. I said, uh, who is it? that you know of, including yourself, that when God says he prohibits you from doing something, who is it that does what he says uh, not to do all the time, 100% of the time, uh, and whenever he asks you to do it? Who is it that does that? Knowing the things that are prohibited now, okay? Here it is. You're knowing. You got full knowledge of what is prohibited, right? Who is it that obeys him when he says to do it or not to do it uh, 100% of the time, all the time? Well, everybody say, well, nobody. I say, okay, exactly. I say, now, when it comes down to the sin of omission, failing to do what is required of us, who is it? that does that all the time, 100% of the time. <clears throat> Same answer. Everybody said, well, nobody. I said, well, okay. Now, let me ask you a question. When is it ever a time that you never that you never sin? Because if you're not doing everything that you know you're not supposed to do, you're not obeying God in that area, and then everything that you know you're supposed to do, you're not doing everything that he told you to do, then when is it ever a time that you are not sinning? See? It's just like, like y'all. Yeah, right That's where they are. Yeah, it's quiet. Yeah. Because they know we're all guilty. Yes. And vows all being guilty. That points us to Christ. Christians sin. Yeah. Christians are not perfect. We are simply forgiven. It is each individual's duty to obey God on a daily basis. But it is also each of our duties to understand that we're not going to obey him fully every day. Exactly. True. That's why we go through the day asking the Lord to forgive us. That's why at the end of the day, hopefully, before we close our eyes, Lord, forgive me for all that I've done. And we can stop this thing of saying, Lord, search me. And if you find anything, ain't no, there aren't any ifs about it. There's something in all of us yeah. that is contrary to what God would have us to do. Well, I didn't do this and I didn't do that, like you said, but you thought something that wasn't right. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't put my hands up, but you put your mouth on somebody. You gossip about somebody. Yeah. We're not perfect. And that's what I often say. That if you have never tried to live a Christian life, be careful about talking about the Christian life. Right. 
Now, the evidence speaks for itself. There are those that say they're Christians and they're doing some of every and anything that don't line up with Christians. And that's where we get this problem where I thought you said you were a Christian. Or, you're a Christian. You ain't, you're not supposed to be telling those kind of jokes or you're not supposed to be in that crowd right there. As Christians, there has to be a level of conviction. And everybody doesn't grow at the same time. That that's right. a that's a very important factor right there. Mm-hmm. A newborn baby may be bothered by some stuff that don't bother the three of us. We've been walking with the Lord for a while. But even within the realm of the three of us, that may be something that bother you, Brother Sam, that don't bother me. Or there may be something that bother me that don't bother Rev Mason. Be something that bother Rev Mason that don't bother you. I mean, there's there's different levels that we all, where we are in our Christian walk. And so we have to continue to grow and do, as Paul said, to die daily to the flesh. But as long as we in this stuff called flesh, as long as we're here on earth, we're going to mess up. That's true. But also at the same time, one of the biggest things is it's it's easier, even as Christians or even non-Christians, it's easier for someone to point out somebody else's faults, to hide what's going on in their life. Because sometimes that's the one thing that it's easier for me to throw all that out what you're not doing, because now that you don't you're not seeing what I'm doing. You you're not I don't have to talk about or think about all the things that I've done because now I've turned to focus upon you because it happened to me all the time as a cousin of mine all the time. I would always bring up my room, what you done back then. Even yeah. in a group of conversations, 20 people, you know, and they start laughing about it because it's easier to cast out on my past than to reflect on what you're doing now. Right. And that's what it is, though. So in this Christian world, even Christians do it because mm-hmm. number one, they can cast all that out because number one, they're, they're hiding or don't have to think about the things that they're doing. It's true. So, and, and that's that's the thing that bothers me a lot because as Christians, we're supposed to uplift our brothers and sisters. We're supposed to be, these are the things that we're supposed to do because it, in their needs, man, I remember your past, but look at you now, you know, and right. you know, and that's when you give God is better because it's nothing that I've done or nothing that we've done or we can do that got mm-hmm. us here. It was, it was God. It was the grace Yeah, yeah. that got us here as Christian and, and daily that gets us there. And so as Christians, it's it's easy to cast that out on someone. 